Welcome to Meet the Leader, a podcast where top leaders share how they're tackling the world's toughest challenges. Today, we talk to Yusheng Cho about the one-of-a-kind journey he took to found Black Lake Technologies, one that includes climbing an actual mountain. He talks about that and the potential he sees for digitalization and manufacturing. Subscribe to Meet the Leader on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And please don't forget to rate and review us. I'm Linda Lacina from the World Economic Forum, and this is Meet the Leader. We failed in the first stop. We lock ourselves in the ivory tower and uh, use our brain power to imagine what factories were like. Uh, we almost decided to give up. Digitalization is poised to change how we live and work, but it isn't happening as quickly as it needs to anywhere, especially in manufacturing. Yusheng Cho understands these challenges firsthand. He's the founder of Black Lake Technologies, a platform designed to help factory staff, from managers to line workers, better monitor data and collaborate digitally in real time. You may not know this, but many factories still depend on analog systems, things like pencil and paper, or even managers walking around to understand what's happening on the shop floor. And as you can imagine, that's a system rife, not just for inefficiency, but errors and even safety issues. Creating a solution to help digitize manufacturing is not easy or fast. As Yusheng told my colleague Katerina Gordachuk at our annual meeting of the new champions this summer in China, it is a process that requires new tech, new training, and even a cultural overhaul. After all, it is hard to digitize a non-digital system. In fact, his first startup attempt failed, leaving Yusheng to give up nearly entirely. But it was what he did next that made a difference. From taking a job on a factory floor to learn what workers saw firsthand, to even climbing Mount Kilimanjaro to clear his head and get the right perspective. He'll tell us about how all of that eventually led to Blacklink Technologies and how it has changed him as a leader. But first, he'll tell us about the trips to Frankfurt factories nearly a decade ago in a job after college that changed everything. He worked on Wall Street then and helped Chinese firms get the information they needed to acquire factories overseas. The experience opened his eyes to the potential of digitalization, and that's something that has inspired and motivated him ever since. Yeah, I was uh, accompanying a Chinese delegation to in Frankfurt. They were trying to acquire a factory that was uh, in distress after financial crisis. But uh, on the plane, uh, all the senior team from China, they were bragging about how they have an advanced way of managing the Chinese factory, which they call management by walking around. So meaning that their middle management no longer sit in the office. So they walk around and try to solve problems. But when we got to the Frankfurt factory, even though they were in financial trouble, but the shop floor, there's no human. There's no people on the shop floor. They all sat back in their office, look at the screen with data and the tools. So the data is pushed to them in real time and they can analyze in real time. So I believe maybe that's the future and not by management by walking around. China will make a lot of affordable goods for the world and became the world's factory. But I believe as the wage rise and also people want better things, but they're just cheap things. How do we make sure that made in China uh, represents a cheap price, but also it's of high quality, it's agile, it's customized products based on the demand. So I feel that could be the future goal of uh, digital transformation rather than efficiency improvement or cost reduction. So that's how I got inspired to fund my company. 
What do you think are some of the positives and the negatives with this approach of walking around? Because of course, it's you, you know in other areas of life we might think, oh, it's nice to have humans who could maybe oversee some operations. They could maybe give a human touch to some things. But what what do you think uh, this approach is lacking? Well, the good approach is the middle management are no longer lazy as sitting in their office. They don't get fat. They walk around. They exercise. <laughs> but uh, I think it's very inefficient because it's. Where you are looking at, what problem you are trying to solve, is purely subjective. But rather, if you have a suppose you have a digital um, platform that mirror everything happening on the shop floor, you can allocate your priority. You can be guided by data to locate the problem. You can also navigate the data to try and find the root cause of the problem and then solve it. So I think uh, management walking around is a good way to good mindset. But if it's empowered with data, then the efficiency can be doubled or tripled, and then can find the real problem to solve. And what happened after? I moved back to China, and actually, I started the first company.、Uh, we call ourselves、uh, the Chinese version of Palantir for manufacturing. So I was assuming that uh, uh, in China it's easy to digitize the shop floor, and then we should focus more on data analytics and、uh, data prediction. So we gathered team, we raised the fund, and、uh, rented a courtyard in Beijing, lock ourselves up for half a year, and to build this product. Once it's ready, we decide to roll it out. Then I realize in China it's really not that easy to digitize. So there's no data. When you get to the shop floor, you you see people still use pencil and、uh, paper to document their daily production. People use WeChat to communicate and dedicate tasks. So I we got really frustrated because、uh, if、um, we leverage data prediction model、uh, as the beginning point of the startup, that's doomed to fail. So we quickly pivoted. Uh, we feel maybe digitization will be the first step. But then how do you digitize? It's it's not a new word. People talk about digitization all the time, but with PC-based software, with on-prem, takes like months or years to deploy and train the workers. So, if there is any way for us to incubate a really agile, simple, and light tool that people can quick to deploy and quick to learn and quick to be up and running, then then I think that, that will fundamentally accelerate the digitization process as a first step. So that's what happened after the Frankfurt trip. And then,、uh, with those two trips in mind, we decided that、uh, we should throw ourselves into the factories to become intern workers. Otherwise, we wouldn't understand how how to make this so-called agile and light tool. So, I myself, I worked at a factory that was producing for L'Oreal.、Uh, they were kind of their biggest supplier in China. But on the shop floor, it's very funny. Back in 2015, you see two kinds of workshops. One workshop is the traditional one. They take bulk orders from、uh, international brands, and each order, each SKU, you know, requires about 300 to 500 thousand pieces. So the factory will be running with three shifts daily, continuously for 20, 30 days. But then there's an innovative workshop, which they are taking orders from some emerging Chinese brand. Those brands leverage on e-commerce, social media, etc. So each SKU, the order size is much smaller, but they are targeting to specific niche segments of consumers, and those are willing to pay higher price for individualized products, certain color of lipstick, blah blah. So those workshops, they are willing to earn the margin with those high quality niche. Uh, brands, but then they don't have the capability to deliver because each order versus before it's about twenty thirty days. Now it's six hours. You need to change gears, but now it's very difficult for them to communicate how to reallocate resources to re coordinate、uh, shifts. 
workers, logistics people. So I figured, okay, maybe we can use the application on the mobile phone to help workers communicate with each other. But different from WeChat, they can communicate in a structured way with data, structured data. So people can be guided by data instead of waiting and the miscommunication. The uh, data tell them what to do exactly right now. So this maybe can shorten the waiting time between orders and the gear shifting time. So that was just the inspiration how we then uh, decided to found a new company in 2016, which is called Black Lake. It's fascinating that you sort of went back to the ground because you were thinking so high level, right? How do I solve this issue that I saw happening on factory floors? But then you wanted to really feel what it's like to be a worker and what are some of the gaps? You know, how did it feel for you to shift from that sort of, I'm sitting in my office trying to come up with a solution to this digitalization issue to then go uh, to the factory floor and actually do the job and feel the gaps yourself? Because we failed in the first stop. We lock ourselves in the ivory tower and uh, use our brain power to imagine what factories were like. And uh, to be frank, to be frank, after the fail of the first startup, uh, we almost decided to give up, back to a corporate job, etc. But then we feel we were back in China already for eight months. It'd be such a waste. We knew the problem, so maybe we should make up for it. At that moment, we did not know if it's going to be something big. At least we want to l- learn about factories to make up for the lesson that we missed. So we decided to go to the factory, but very luckily we found the problem to solve and that problem evolved into product and probably evolved into a you know, company. So what are you offering now at Black Lake that's so unique, that's kind of tackling this shift from pen and pencil, as you said, to more of a structural approach to data, making sure that everything's accounted for and making it freeing up the people, right, to do other work. So the, the, the idea of replacing the paper pencil methods uh, was the very first step. And now we have a kind of three product offerings. One is called the Black Lake Smart Manufacturing Platform. This is targeting medium to large sized factories. And this product is based on mobile phones and with IoT devices wearables. So we can quickly, uh, affordably digitize the shop floor activities with tools on the cloud. And the second product we incubated over the years uh, is called a mini worksheet. It's not even an app, it's on WeChat, it's a mini program. So whoever uses WeChat and they can just find this app and uh, when they found it, they can pay and download it within three hours and learn within five hours. And then next day, the system can be up and running. This is targeting SMB uh, clients. Normally in China, we have uh, 2.5 to 3 million SMB factories. Their digitization level is none. So they, they are still using Excel and uh, very traditional forms. So this is sort of their very first tool to digitize. And over the time, when we realized two products penetrated the market quite well and our customers and users really liked them, and we observed some pattern, very interesting pattern. So those two tools were targeting specific factories to shop, digitize their own shop floor activity. But we noticed uh, in our system, some of the users would create additional account and pass the account on the cloud to their end consumers, which are factories. They purchase the supplier's component, the assembly into it, something else. And uh, so, so that we interviewed them. Why, why did you create additional account and pass it to someone not in your organization? They said, because I want our progress, our data, our material amount, etc., to be in the real-time manner visible to them. So the clients don't have to call them, WeChat them to ask, where is my progress? When can you deliver, etc.? So this gave us huge inspiration. We believe that the cloud computing is not just about moving software from server to the cloud. 
It's about connecting. Once data is on the cloud, the data can flow from one entity to another, from a factory to their supplier, from factory to the end consumer, etc. So maybe this way, cloud computing can create another value, which is about connecting. Allow the data to flow across entities so that people can collaborate across the supply chain in a more efficient way. So that's that's how we offer. And we believe in the future. I don't know how far the future is. We, we, we have strong belief in it. Then in China, the factories will be interconnected. So in the real time, they have different factories in different provinces. But on the cloud, they're all interconnected. They can do business together. They can monitor each other's data. They can collaborate with the guidance of real-time data. Yeah, And with that network, people's products, customizable products can be more easily produced in an affordable way. You got it You know, figured out. You have your dream. But of course, it wasn't always easy. I know that you also had a lot of setbacks on the way. And one of them you've already talked to me about. During one of them, I think you climbed a mountain, right? Yeah. Um, tell me, how did that happen? And what did it teach yeah. you? That's between the first startup when we failed terribly. It's an algorithm AI-driven startup and then before we move into the factory and started the second one. So uh, at that time, we were really frustrated because we all got educated from overseas and we came back to China. So initially, we were blaming ourselves. We thought it's because we don't understand the market. We are no longer like a true Chinese in order to be successful as an entrepreneur in China. And uh, But somehow we felt we spent eight months in China. If we just go back to the US or Hong Kong, that would be such a waste of a month. So instead of making any decision, uh, some friend recommended maybe I should go somewhere else and figure out the puzzles in my mind. So I joined a hiking trip to Kilimanjaro and I trained for a period of time and I, I, I summited uh, the mountain on the Christmas day, 2015. And the journey to the summit was really, really tough. It was a um, you know, snowstorm night with very strong wind and sand and mixed with snow. But, um, you know, the process, how you would summit, is just follow your guide one step by another, ignore everything else. Just watch your step one to one to and continue to do that for six hours. Then I reached the top. I was tearing my eyes. I felt maybe this is how we should do a startup instead of being too, like, have a big idea. We want to be patent here in China and rush into uh, the ivory tower and not understand the market, we should take time. Maybe it's just we didn't spend enough time rather than that we are not Chinese enough, etc. So after the climbing, I went back and uh, talked with my previous co-founders saying that we should make up the lesson that we missed by going into the factory and maybe we can figure something out from there. So I guess this more zen mindset uh, opened our eyes to more opportunities and be more patient. I guess the lesson here for anybody listening is the perseverance. Perseverance matters and kind of the tunnel vision sometimes it's good. <laughs> yeah, I think perseverance and also patience and also trust time and the trust your efforts accumulative will convert from, you know, single steps into summit. How many customers now are using, um, are using Black Lake and what are you, what is your hope for the business to grow? Uh, the three products collectively, accumulatively, we have uh, 12,000 uh, customers on our platform. And the hope, I think this is, I believe this number is going to continue to grow. So my expectation is no longer just around this number. But I hope that uh, the users and the clients on this platform, they can have meaningful collaboration. 
So while the number are growing, we also want to measure the success of this platform is that how much meaningful collaboration takes place between different entities. You know, it's interesting that it seems that there's been so many steps on your journey to arrive where you are with the different startups and then this huge trip. I mean, that took a lot of training, I'm sure. How has that changed you as a leader, you think, all of these different areas of your life? Actually, my transformation as a leader um, is taking place on a daily basis while at Black Lake. You know, before, when I started this company, of course, young and ambitious, like platforms like uh, Davos, I think that gave young people a lot of recognition. So I would say for my first uh, two, three years, uh, recognition, impact, even sometimes evaluation of my company was were the goals I was seeking. But then that got me into a lot of stress. I feel that's not sustainable and not durable. It's not really the ultimate goal that I have in my mind. So in 2019, when the company was kind of in a bit of a, a difficult situation, once we, we have a product, but we haven't figured out how to really commercialize it, I figured it out. We should forget about all the, whatever, Forbes 30 under 30, the titles from Davos, etc. But I focus on if we are on a daily basis making the factory better than their yesterday, then we are doing something meaningful. And if that became our goal for myself and also for my company and the team, I think it's just like climbing the mountain. I, I, then I realized maybe doing a, a startup or a company is not really comparable like climbing the mountain. There's no summit because how to make comp- factories better than yesterday, there's always room to improve. <laughs> so with that in mind, uh, we became more patient. We became more long-term driven, became more visionary in what we want to achieve and the less impacted by short-term market change and geopolitics, all those factors. Was there a piece of advice along the way that you feel has been with you all this time or for some time that helped you along the journey? I think have a long-term vision, have a vision that's benefiting others and truly believe in it and practice it will be the ultimate path to success rather than short-term stuff. I'd love to also get a book recommendation from you. (laughs) If there's anything that you've read recently um, or in the recent years, it doesn't have to be that recent, that you'd recommend to anyone who'd like to um, get inspired. For English ones, I think what I read is pretty conventional, (laughs) those tech books. But I read this really interesting Chinese um, kind of biography of this... um, this uh, this um, so-called entrepreneur in 1920s Shanghai, when Shanghai is called Du Yusheng. Uh, he's a uh, he's also in the kind of a gangster, but he's also an uh, uh, entrepreneur in, in his own form. Because 1920s Shanghai is a chaotic period, a chaotic time. Who knows? Maybe next 20 years we may enter such time. But uh, how do you thrive from such situation? And build your team, build your enterprise, build your vision, realize your version, vision. I think that, that book gave me a lot of really inspiration, but I'm only halfway through. I was reading that yesterday. We'll have to do another interview to know how it ends. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there any other message that you'd like to, to send to anybody who's watching or listening about you know how to start a business or how to get, not get carried away by doubt or anything else that you'd like to tell us about Black Lake? I think the most important attribute for a good founder is the, the, the speed and the ability to 
constantly upgrade him or herself. So it's not necessarily about when you started the business, how how you are, who you are, uh, how good, how capable you were. Uh, it's more about how if you can constantly learn from your daily uh, uh, peers, uh, competitors, uh, your uh, colleagues, uh, your clients, and then upgrade yourself. So I think that's the most important attribute. That was Yu Shangchou. Thanks so much to him, and thanks so much to you for listening. A transcript of this episode and my colleagues' episodes, Radio Davos, and the Book Club podcast are available at wef.ch/podcasts. This episode of Meet the Leader was presented and produced by me, with Taz Kelleher as editor and Gareth Nolan driving studio production. That's it for now. I'm Linda Lacina with the World Economic Forum. Have a great day. 